0: Well, if you haven't been with us, we are in the Gospel of John. We work through books of the Bible. And we've been for a couple weeks now in the Gospel of John. And John, believed to be Jesus' best friend here on earth, wrote his account of Jesus' life. Now again, of course, John wrote this, but as we see in other places in Scripture, we know that John and others moved by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of God, the very breath of God. John started off, if you'll remember, if you weren't with us, Uh, You may not know, but John started off explaining that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was in the beginning with God. And so ultimately, we start to find out later that this Word became flesh. This is what's known as the Incarnation. This is where God the Son actually became human. Stayed fully divine and fully human. Or truly divine, truly human. And He comes and He dwelt among us. And then the Author John here moves to start to talk about the testimony of John the Baptist and we found out that he said that this one, the Son of God, who became man, this word that dwelt among us was known as Jesus. And the special thing about Jesus, among many things, is that the Spirit of God came on him and stayed on him. And John continually referred to him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what we covered last week. So this week, we're jumping in in verse 35, and we're going to see that Jesus calls the first disciples. Some of you have heard this story before. Hopefully, we can find something new in it today. So starting in verse 35, we're going to work through verse by verse like we do. Starting in verse 35, the next day, so again, this is a sequence of events that's been happening in Jesus' life. His baptism happens at some point, John gives testimony, and now... The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, this is talking about John the Baptist hanging out with some of his disciples. He was a teacher. Again, we talked about before. A little bit crazy. A little bit off. But a lot of teachers are. And so that's okay. (laughs) Love you, Miss Kathy. Love you. (laughs) Alright? So, he's with two of his disciples. Not uncommon. Because again, to be a disciple of somebody, especially in that time, meant basically that you were going to live life on life with them the best you could. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't have other jobs because these guys were fishermen. But in their spare time, they would be with whoever their teacher was, their rabbi. It's not just kind of like showing up to class. It's a lot of life on life and learning, being their protege, if you will. So John is standing with two of his disciples. And he looked as Jesus he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. He said the same thing he said the day before because John is wanting to continually point to Jesus and explain who he is. He's the Lamb of God. As we talked about last week and a little bit while we were taking the Lord's Supper, John has in mind he's the Passover lamb that's going to take away the sins of the world. He's our sacrifice. As we talked about last week in Revelation 5, he's also the warrior lamb, the only one who's able to open the scroll. He's the only one worthy, he's the Messiah. He's the promised one. And John's hanging out with his disciples, and Jesus walks by. I don't know what they were talking about, but they're going through, and Jesus walks by, and he's kind of like I just kind of picture John just leaning back, the Lamb of God, just pointing him out. John loved to point out Jesus. He loved talking about Jesus. Do you? Do you love talking about Jesus? I know a lot of you love to talk about your grandkids, your kids, your nieces, your nephews, your parents, your sports team, fishing, clamming. We talk about what we love. John loved Jesus. And he wanted to talk about Him and he wanted to point to Him all the time. I think that's an encouragement that we can get from John. So he says, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples, verse 37, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. They knew what it meant. They knew John was continually his voice crying in the wilderness, pointing out. Now, but can you picture it for a second? John's hanging out, like I said, with his disciples. Jesus goes by. He says something about Jesus, behold the Lamb, that inspires these two guys to go, see ya. And they start following Jesus. Now, wait a second. He's, I mean, he's the rabbi, he's the teacher. And he's okay, as we read later, uh, last week we read in John chapter 3, where John the Baptist knows that he needs to decrease and Jesus needs to increase. And so his disciples who were hanging out with him just pick up and leave him. And he's okay with that because that's what his role is. He doesn't need the credit. He doesn't need the glory. Now these two... Apparently, God's been working in their hearts in great ways because as soon as they have this opportunity, they see the lamb come by again. Oh, that's the lamb? We're gone. We're following him. They followed Jesus. I love this. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? What are you seeking? As we read, as George is talking about and Leanna and Eric are reading, Jesus sometimes says some pretty hard things about what it means to follow him. It means you need to love him more than anything. He's number one. So when he's using that language of hating your mother, your father, wife, this and that, no, ultimately, he's not saying really hate them. But in comparison to how much you love Jesus, it's going to even look like hate, perhaps. You could not even come close with how much you love them and how much you should be loving Jesus. These guys are starting to get it. But I love this. He goes straight to the heart of the matter. What are you seeking? They start, they're starting to follow Jesus now. And he's like, "Well, oh, what? you didn't get what you wanted perhaps with John? What are you seeking? I think it's a good question for all of us this morning. What are we truly seeking? What do we gather here for? Why do you say you follow Jesus if you do? What are you seeking? Some follow Jesus because they're seeking fire insurance. I won't to go to hell. I'll follow Jesus. Although that's true, those who follow Jesus would not end up there. Is that really the reason to follow? Well, I'd like more money. I'd like a better job. I'd like to find a spouse. I'd like for my marriage to be a lot better. I'd like for my kids to not go wayward and fall into drugs or something. Yeah, those are okay in one sense what to seek for. But the point of following Jesus, the point of following God is to love God and be with Him forever. That's the point. These other things will come Matthew 6, 33, I think it was Leanna that was able to read that passage. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The point is to seek after Christ, and then everything else will make sense. For those of you who've been trying to get it to make sense, doing it some other way, guess what? Probably not working out too well for you. You know Why? you got the priorities wrong. Jesus, as we saw in the early book of John, is God. He says, follow me, seek me. When you do that, then you actually taste what true love is. Agape love that we've talked about. Because you've now been loved by God, who died for your sins when you should have died yourself. And he's forgiven you. When you taste that kind of love, that kind of mercy, that kind of grace... You can extend that to anybody, and there can be peace, because now there's peace between you and God, and now there can be peace between you and others. You can try anything else you want to, it's not going to get you there. It never does. Jesus is life itself. So he asks them, what are you seeking? He wants to get to the heart. And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. Now again, who, who was their rabbi? Who was their teacher? John, now they're saying, we want our lives to be after yours. We want to learn from you. They said, where are you staying? Right? He says, they say, <laughs> he looks back, he goes, what are you seeking? Uh, teacher, where are you staying? It's not exactly the way he thought the dialogue would go, perhaps. Where are you staying? Why are they asking that question? Because they want to be with Jesus. They want to be with Jesus. So, I need some volunteers. Let's see. Random. Roy, thanks. Great. Appreciate that. Come on up here. Thank you. Now, this time... You're not going to cut my head off, right? (laughs) No sword this time. Now, of course, just in this example, he's actually going to be Jesus in this example. Okay? (laughs) That's better than a sword cutting you. Yeah. All right, so in following Jesus, Jesus is like, I want followers, okay? I don't want just people who think I'm cool, think I'm great, think I'm a good teacher even. The call is to lay down your life and follow Jesus. That's the call. Here's how some of us follow Jesus. If you would, be Jesus, and you'll just walk that way, okay? okay. Some of us follow right behind, and we're all a little bit, we're made a little difference and some of us are quirky and we're dancing and stuff, but we're still following Jesus. Good, right there. Okay, that's what he desires. Now some of us, back that way, are following Jesus, and we get a little sidetracked. Oop! Oh, keep going. Oh, and we're still following. Okay, could do a little bit better, but we're getting there. There's some of us who are following Jesus like this. You just keep walking. Oh. Yeah, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus all the time. He's my, he's my Savior. <laughs> then, there's some of you who follow Jesus like this. Y'all need to be following Jesus. Yeah, i got other things to do. I'm busy right now, but y'all need to be following Jesus. Then, there's some of you, I picked the guy who, wa- who wa- walks four miles in the morning, who followed Jesus like this. Hey, I'm following Jesus. Oh, I'm not going that way though. <laughs> and last one, there's some of you that he's been going by and you've thought about it and you're still like, not yet, I'm not ready. And you're heading a different direction. Thank you, Roy. Go ahead and have a seat. Thanks, Roy. Right now, Jesus' ministry is starting, and these guys right now are doing well. They're saying, We'll follow you. Where are you staying? Where are you at today? Which one are you? You can follow Jesus and still be yourself. In fact, that's why he made you that way. The other stuff has to go. You're either all in or you're all out, there's no in between. Where are you staying? Listen to what he said. I love this. He said to them, Come and you will see. Ha <laughs> ha! Where are you staying? He doesn't even tell them where he's staying. He's like, Yeah, this is where faith's going to come in? Come and you'll see. Follow me. Well, I'm going to need some more details there, Jesus. Where are we going? What's the plan? Nope. You don't get details. Follow. But that could be scary. What's around the corner? Follow. He's worthy. You can trust him. Just follow. That's all he's asking. In one sense, it's simple enough that a child can do it. And on the other side, it can be the hardest thing in the world to give up your life and just follow in faith. And that's what he's saying. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. Some people say this is 10 in the morning. Some say 4 p.m. depending on if they were using the Jewish time or the Roman time. The point is they went they are with him, and they stayed with him to learn from him, to be with him. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Isn't that exciting? Man, you got your name in the Bible. Andrew. Yeah, Simon Peter's brother. <laughs> How many of you have heard of Peter? Know some of the things that Peter did, perhaps? Yeah, some of you? None of you. Oh, wow. Okay, back row. You get an A plus back there. They know. We don't know as much about Andrew. He doesn't have as much detail. But what's interesting about this is, this is how evangelism is actually supposed to work. John the Baptist sees who Jesus is. He tells Andrew and whoever else is with him, some believe it's John, the writer of this, because John never actually refers to himself. He says it to Andrew. Let's see what, what Andrew does with it. Verse 41, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. See what he did? We found the Messiah. I'm going to grab my brother and I'm going to take him. John to Andrew to Peter. From Peter to quite a few more. Again, we see here this. We found the Messiah. They were waiting on the promised one. The promised one from Genesis. If you're familiar with the book of Genesis, our ladies have been studying this. The promised one that would come. The seed of Eve. The promised one through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. The promised one from David's line. Solomon's line. Ruth's line. This promised one, they were waiting for him. Our last verse for today. He brought him to Jesus. That's powerful. All he did was bring him to Jesus. That's all you're asked to do. Follow and bring more people to him. Check this out. Jesus looked at him. Peter's coming up. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. A lot of Johns, by the way, around. But, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Notice he's coming up and Jesus already knows him. He knows him. And he says something intimate about who his dad is. And then he changes his name because he has something for Peter to do that's different than some of the other apostles. Here's the encouragement from this. Before you do anything, Jesus knows you. Before Peter had done anything, Jesus knew him. We saw a few weeks ago, why does Jesus know all this? Because he's the Son of God who made everything. And he made you, and he holds everything together. Do you know what happens with Peter down the road? What does he do three times? He denies. Do you think Jesus knew that? He still calls him to come. He still says, you're Peter. You're going to follow me, and I'm going to change your name. And through you, I'm going to build my church, you and the other disciples. But in particular, there's something he does with Peter. We can all identify with Peter in a lot of ways. We'll see more of him throughout the gospel. Here's the response today Do you continually point to Jesus like John the Baptist does? What are you seeking? Are you truly following Jesus? And I want you to remember that God sees you and knows you. Let's pray together. Almighty, all-knowing, holy God, who is full of grace and love and mercy, we thank you for this Testimony of how you know us. You know everything about us, the deepest, darkest sins, the deepest, darkest secrets we have. You know all of that. You've created us. We breathe because you give it to us as a gift. And you bid us to come and follow you and die to ourselves and love you. And in doing that, there is great joy. There is great peace. There is great love. There's meaning and purpose that's found in you and nowhere else. I pray for my friends today. I pray, Lord, that if there are any in here today, that during this time that they would cry out to you for salvation. They would believe in you, in your life, in your death, in your resurrection. I pray they would cry out, have mercy on me, a sinner, and you are faithful to forgive all who ask. For those who already know you, Lord, I pray that we would Have this time to continue to check our hearts, Lord. Are we following you as we should be? Lord, do we forget sometimes that you still truly know us and love us and care for us, even though we, like Peter, will go astray. You still have chosen us to follow you. You are so kind. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.